0: been with us from the beginning of this podcast series, you may have noticed that we didn't start the Sermon on the Mount from the beginning, from the Beatitudes. That was deliberate. Instead, we started at Matthew 5.17. And we're going to end with the Beatitudes after we're done with everything here. We're going to circle back to them. That was intentional. But I want to read Matthew 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So as we're reaching the end of this first section, and the Bible with its chapter markings don't always do a great job of of ending it right where the thought ends, but this is actually a pretty good ending to, to a thought. To refresh, Jesus has taught us that we must not be like the teachers of the law who had relaxed God's holy, perfect commands. If our righteousness doesn't surpass theirs, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus gives six examples of the kind of relaxed teaching that was in his day, the legalism that had created loopholes for wiggling out of really following the law. He's now summing up this entire section of teaching with the following verses, and I'm going to read Matthew 5, 46 through 48. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus is summing up not only this example of the loving your enemies, but also the rest of his teaching that began in verse 17. It, it's a breathtaking statement. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What do you think he means by perfect?
2: Well, you know, I, when I first read this a long time ago as a, as a young Christian, I thought, well, why am I doing this then? Because I'm never going to get there. (laughs) It's sort of like uh, there's a a famous stand-up routine that Steve Martin did early in his career where he said, I'm going to tell you how to make a million dollars and never pay taxes. (laughs) Step number one, get a million dollars. Step number two. (laughs) And... (laughs) And it, that that's the scripture feels like that to me. It's like, be perfect. Come on. I, I mean, I'd like to think so. I, I, you know, I think but there's no way I'm ever gonna get there in a million years. I think what it means is that you don't get there on this side of eternity. Mm. And that you know, perfection is obviously something that is beyond the human ability to achieve. But that means that we keep, we keep striving for it, we keep going after it, and uh, that we continue that, and that it never stops. Mm-hmm. We never get to the point where okay, I have achieved the degree in human perfection, or I have risen to this level and I'm perfect now, and I don't have to, I don't have to continue to try. That the moment we stop trying is the moment when we're lost mm-hmm. again. And so I, 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 that's what I think it means. Yeah,
1: it's it's tough because it's a it's a command. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. like right. that's like well, I think why it can feel that oh I should yeah. just give up.
0: Uh, yeah, he didn't say try to be perfect. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. And it's it definitely sounds similar to like in Leviticus where God says be holy as I am holy, mm. right? And yeah. first uh, Peter brings that up in First Peter as well when he's he's calling us to imitate God. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because Jesus is easy to kind of dismiss in some ways because we're like, oh, he's God. Mm -hmm. But like he was fully man and he was perfect. Mm -hmm. And so in one sense, I mean, still, I, I think we, we talk about, C, we quote C.S. Lewis a fair amount in these, but C.S. Lewis said something kind of like, well, it's going to be easier for the teacher to know how to do things than the student. Hmm. Um, so Jesus being God and knowing, just and being God completely, like it's going to be easier for him, but he still was fully man and was perfect. Yeah. And so uh, that to me is enough to at least not dismiss, Well, oh, I'm never going to get mm-hmm. there, right? And to embrace the journey. It can't mean... If you're not fully perfect this side of eternity, then you're doomed. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much grace yeah. throughout the scriptures.
0: And and there is no one perfect. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of
1: right. God. Right. And first John talks about when you sin, how there's an advocate who speaks, yeah. to the Father in our
0: defense. And anyone who claims to be without sin is a liar. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that that can't be what it means, but mm-hmm. I think what it means is. I mean, it definitely includes try. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I kind of take a step back and say, like, God really wants us to be like him. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Yeah. God wants us to be like him, and he wants all of us to be like him. You know, there's no facet of our life uh, which does not fall under this, um, Mm -hmm. this statement, which, I mean, is why it's such a great summary of the verses that we mm-hmm. have spent so much time digging into.
0: Yeah. I love what you are just saying there, because I think that is, that's where I think that that follows the argument that he's making here. Right. And I, when I was thinking about this, I struggle cause I'm a perfectionist and I know no matter how hard I try, it's not going to turn out perfect. Nothing in life is perfect. And I have a hard time with that. Um, And I can burn myself out trying and uh, uh, on my own strength. But I think there's a quality here where we – it's like we – I think we need to rely on God's strength to get there. But but more, I think what you were saying about – there is an argument he's making, which I think uh, we are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute uh, us that – we may be children of our Father in heaven. And I think the argument he's making is that we should be like our Father. Yeah, We should imitate God who sends the rain and uh, on the righteous and the unrighteous farmer uh, who need it. Let me back up though and say, I don't think that he's saying there's some kind of performative aspect here where... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, acting so much like God will mean we qualify to be his children. I think he's saying, no, you are his children. You're just not acting like it. Mm-hmm. You should act like him. And I think it, it reminds me a little of what we were talking about with the, um, about honesty and Oats and Vows and how some of the other podcasts where we, we could either imitate God and, or we could imitate the father of lies. And so we, I think it's, it's in that kind of vein of thinking mm
2: yeah i think that i think the the trying as you said tim is definitely a part of it but it's it's not just the trying and i also think the how how we try is very important you know you think the 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 church is the body of christ and so there's a the 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 operative word in all of this of what we're saying is we there is a perfection that can be achieved among us as the church that we cannot achieve individually. And I think even some of the conversations that we've had, that we've had even here during this podcast have, have, uh, have further solidified that for me, that Mm -hmm. I feel safer in some of these big controversial things that I'm not sure how i should think about it or what i should do or how how can i how can i implement these things i feel safer in being able to talk them through with my brothers and yeah. sisters in christ i feel like you know i say to my to my buddy at work um during the pandemic we were the only two people there and we talk about all kinds of things, and we come up with these grand ideas. And I said, I said to her once, you know, together, we're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, but I think that that is absolutely true of the church. As individuals, we're, we're stumbling, bumbling sinners. We cannot—there's mm. not much we can do about that. But in our unity, we're, we're a genius. In our unity, we can be perfect but mm. it depends upon our unity. Mm. And the the unity and the love and the, the mutual respect and honor and care that we give each other, I think, is crucial to being able to fulfill this command.
0: That That's a really good insight, where the rubber meets the road, uh, how we need each other. Well, maybe picking up on that, how we need each other, I think one of these things um, that we were saying – before is that this is hard and that we need Jesus. And so I, I guess, how, how does Jesus help us be perfect like God, our father?
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm still learning that because um, I, I, I'm i trying to tap into Jesus more and more. Um, but the the short answer I have for this is Jesus didn't just tell us, he showed us. And he didn't. I don't know. I, he. We can follow not just his teachings, but his example of life mm-hmm. and the the contours of the decisions he made um, to to see practically, like, okay, what does it look like to to, to be perfect, to be like God? Um, and for what this whole past year. Um, recording this at the beginning of twenty twenty three. So it's you know, thinking about twenty twenty two, um so much of what I've been trying to do is like I just want to be closer with Jesus on like a a, a moment by moment basis. Mm. If I if if I adopt Jesus' lifestyle, if I if I do the things that he did, the habits that he had, you know, he's going to to work on my heart. Mm-hmm. Um and he's going to change me in ways that I can't change just by trying to like muscle through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that's that's not like a concrete answer, but it feels like because I'm like so in the middle of trying to figure this out, and like mm-hmm. my working hypothesis is that if, like if I just try to stay as close to Jesus as I can, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you know he's he's there's a there's no madness in the. <laughs> in the method right (laughs) he's got it's very intentional and and he's going to work on me he's going to make Mm -hmm. me perfect
2: yeah i think that he so we have like you were saying tim we have the example of jesus from the scripture we can we can read the gospel and we can see how he how he lived how he reacted what he did what he said we also have as christians the indwelling of the holy spirit so we have the we have the holy spirit who who will guide us and who will help us to make those decisions i was thinking i was thinking about it as i was driving home there was a there was a night this week where the weather was pretty bad i was driving home i was super tired and part of me thought this is the night that i don't make it <laughs> Oh. <laughs> because I'm just I'm just I'm exhausted and I thought if I don't pull over I'm not gonna make it and then I was i I have for the first time in my life a relatively um newer a relatively late model car mm-hmm. so it's got you know it's got GPS and it's got the driver assisted thing that tells me when I'm going off mm-hmm. when I'm gonna veer out of a lane. And it's got a little thing. I just discovered it that night. It's got a little thing that pops up on my screen. It was a little coffee cup with steam coming out of it. And it said, driver attention is low. Whoa. <laughs> and I said, whoa. And so, you know, I pulled over. I got myself a cup of coffee. I turned my music <laughs> huh. up a little louder. And I thought, this is, this is part of the way that Jesus helps us to be perfect. Now, all that stuff that's added to my car is not gonna keep me from having an accident if I am not, if I'm not making uh, my best effort in a situation like that. But it will push me. You know, when mm. I start to veer off a lane, my steering wheel doesn't forcefully push me back. It nudges. Mm. I can I can feel it. And I think, oh, I, I have to get over. I could. Say sometimes it does it when I'm getting off the highway, when I cross that line, it tells me you're crossing the line, and I can force it because I'm doing it intentionally. And I think that that's the way that that's the way that, uh, in my clumsy analogy, the Holy Spirit operates for me sometimes. Yeah, it's that little nudge that says, "No, you're veering a little bit here." And I can, in my will, decide, yes, I am veering. I need to get back on the road. Or I can decide, no, I'm going to veer. Mm. And I think the, the the perfection comes from listening to the Holy Spirit, from doing exactly what you said, Tim, staying as close to Jesus as I can, yeah. staying as close to him in my mind, in my, in my meditative life, in my prayers, in my reading in my example, that old trope, um, as flawed as it is as of what would Jesus do, okay, yeah, but what did he do? Mm. We've got that. Yeah. We've got that here.
0: Let's go back to the scripture and let it dwell in our hearts richly. Mm-hmm. And I, when you were talking about the driving example, it reminded me of... So we we have different sources that we can listen to, and I think it's really important it, because I think what we're talking about is the process of sanctification. Mm-hmm. That we keep going back to the Scripture and we keep letting it renew our our minds, because there is a, an alternative voice that's out there. Mm-hmm. Our, the world is acting on us, sinful nature, all of that. And it reminded me of uh, a friend who told me in college, "Hey, you know, uh, we're, we're talking about driving, and you know, I was." we were talking about driving when you're tired Mm -hmm. and he was like, Oh yeah, here's what you do. You'd roll down the windows, you get some fresh air. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm with you. And you know, you drive, you get some coffee. Like you were saying, Mm -hmm. these are all good things to do. But then the third thing he said, which gave me pause was, and then you drive really fast. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) What did you just say? I, I heard you the first two things. And then what, what was that? You drive really fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, the adrenaline starts pumping and then you, you know, and I, and I thought, I don't know if that sounds like a good idea. Um, but I tried it one time uh-huh. and thankfully a police officer was not far behind me he and pulled me over right away. I didn't. Know, I don't know how fast I was going. I was falling asleep. He thought I was drunk or something. Uh-huh. I was. I was falling asleep. I had already rolled the window down. I had turned the 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 radio up loud. I was singing. I was drinking whatever coffee was left, and uh-huh. and I was tired, and I was starting to fall asleep. And then the and I remember the sirens going on, and and like it was not real. Like I didn't even realize what was happening. Mm. I was so. Close to dying at uh-huh. that point, like uh, so thankfully, God sent that p- police officer to save my life. But uh, we should be listening to the Bible because right. the lies around us are they they might have a, a bit of truth to them mm-hmm. and then a, something that will kill you, right? And um, so I think. For me, that's this process of sanctification is keep coming back to Jesus, keep listening to him. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will take that word and write it on our hearts. And I think the other thing that this, this sermon does is it, it breaks me. And I think it drives me back to um the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. Um and I think that when we are, when we see how much we need Jesus, that's another thing. It's mm-hmm. that gratitude that will. Keep us going Mm. So as we look back at each of these Six Antitheses uh, It's a funny word Uh, (laughs) What patterns emerge For you
1: Yeah it's funny because uh, Part of me wants to like rehash everything we've said Before but I don't want to you know (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do that 24 more episodes here we go (laughs)
0: Um,
1: But yeah I mean the what I when I think about the patterns or um, you know these kind of big themes that we're seeing, um, really I'm seeing like live life in the sight of God and live life conscious of God um, to to be like Him and that kind of is how I put it all together. You know, think about the oaths, mm-hmm. right? The whole thing about oaths is that the heaven heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool, right? That he's got, you can't make your hair white or black, but like God can. And so mm-hmm. just be a person of integrity. Um, or the, you know, thinking about anger, you know, and and the call to reconcile. Like we're called to reconcile quickly with, with our neighbor. And I, the example of that is is God who is always reconciling with his people. And also he's, you know, when, what what's the trigger for us to reconcile? It's when we go to the sacrifice, right? It's when we, mm. we come to the altar and we we're, we're coming to God, living life in the sight of God. And we're, oh, I'm not, I'm not good. Right. I have to, I have to go reconcile with my brother. Um, so I I think of it like the analogy is just like, you know think about just light just like permeating every corner of the room and when that's happening you know you you live you live differently like everything's exposed um and you just go oh i see the dust there i'm gonna clean that up i see this you know this mess that has kind of been hidden in the shadows i'm gonna clean that up Mm -hmm. um in the same way like god is god is and and Jesus through these teachings is beaming light into like every corner mm. of our life and mm. saying, um, "I see this right," and yeah. and we want to be like our heavenly Father, mm-hmm. and so these are the ways we can be like our heavenly Father.
2: Yeah, yeah, I see it. The sort of the uh, the pattern that emerges for me in, in the course of these verses is that there's no. Um, there's no differentiation between what I do and what motivates me. That that these things are 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 intricately and and inextricably connected. There they're that the motivation is what matters because the motivation is what's true. Mm. Uh, you know, if you look at a woman lustfully you've committed adultery with her in your heart and you know if you're angry with your brother then you're a murderer and it's it's talking about how what's inside of us what what's inside of us is what who we really are mm. despite of how we act because we can act we can try to look a certain way we can we can think of our lives as as something that we're acting out, as if we were in a movie reading a script, but there's no differentiation. We are what's inside of us.
0: Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, that. I, I think the first thing I think is just maybe related back to what I was saying before about seeing my need for for God. Um, the, the thing that he's doing here, the first pattern I see is that he's taking away all the loopholes, uh, and God's standards feel impossibly high and that, uh, that this is really, really tough. And I bet that he stunned his audience because if the more we look at this, I feel stunned and, uh, I don't measure up to any standard of God, and I see my need for Him, and I think there's um, there's in a sense that there's also this um, this hope of grace in that Jesus says He's going to fulfill this. He's the one who is perfect when I I need His and I need His righteousness um, to clothe me um, because I get angry. I lust. Mm-hmm. I thankfully I'm not divorced, but that's only because of Jesus in the first place. <laughs> I'm I'm dishonest. I I I retaliate. My flesh is uh I don't I don't naturally want to love people who mistreat me. This is mm-hmm. all stuff that I don't want to do, but that Jesus did and I I need to stay with him and I need him. And so I I think that's that's where we can even experience this this blessing of in seeing our need and and then understanding how god is there to meet our need it, but is so is there an overall theme that connects each of these these six examples that he gives you think
2: it you know it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to say it as an overall theme but I think that I think that it does rest in the fact that uh, that this is really hard. It seems impossibly hard, but it's doable within the context of our faith.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, I don't know if you'd call that a theme, but. That that's that's what happens to me as I read these passages. I think, I he, you know, he often starts with what the law said, and the law was hard. Mm-hmm. The law was wow, that's a that's a tough road to hoe right there, Jesus. And then he says, well, if you think that's tough, how about this? <laughs> and then you say, well, that one was tough. This one is impossible, and. But it, but is not only Im, it's not only possible; it is, uh, it is eminently doable um, within the context of our faith.
0: So faith, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the big three, right? Mm-hmm. Mercy, faith, justice. Uh, how about you, Tim?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I struggled to kind of put it all in a one theme. Um, you know. Jesus starts the section by talking about our, how righteousness needs to surpass that of the Pharisees, and he ends it with "be perfect." <laughs> 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 so, like those feel, but but what is he doing? He's proclaiming the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's this is this is the sermon where he starts it by saying, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God," and all throughout. Um, you know he's he's showing the kingdom way. He's showing us what mm-hmm. it looks like to be a part of of his, his under his rule. Um, so I'd say you know that's probably how I'd the theme right. It's this is these are this is a painting of what the kingdom life looks mm. like in um, in all of its facets and you know in all these different examples.
0: For me, I was thinking about one of our conversations we had uh, a while ago where we were talking about what does it mean to fulfill the law and how we said love, you know, faith acting through love Mm. and that love in each of these examples, there's some kind of breakdown of love, uh, you know, anger, judging others, like othering other people and um, lying and and. I think that, or dishonoring each other in lust, or breaking our our, our vows. I think the um, the thing that that threads it through for me is this this aspect of love, culminating in an appeal to love like God does, who loves his enemies. That, and somehow, I mean, this is I don't think this is a quote from the the Old Testament at all, but but it's a a good summary. He's I think he's saying of the law that you would love your enemies because that's what God does. Mm-hmm. That's what God does for all of us. Yeah. Um, okay. So last question, we're coming in for a landing here on this. I think we can just carry it through. Um, we talked a little bit about the semantic field here that existed in Jesus's day with terms like raka carrying salvic, salvific, salvific Wait, that's another fun word. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this this uh, word meaning like you know, uh, I think hypocrisy w- would be another one. It's, it's akin to heresy, and Paul uses it um, when he calls false teachers hypocritical liars in in First Timothy four. So, as we're wrapping up chapter five and we're transitioning now into chapter six, there are several examples of hypocr- crit- hypocritical actions that Jesus talks about in that chapter, which we're going to consider. Before we do though, I want to consider the weight of these kind of hypocritical teachings that Jesus exposes here in chapter five. How do we guard against veering into hypocrisy in what we teach or believe or what we hear about the word of God? How do we know if we've got blinders on or earmuffs to God's word?
2: Well, so, you know, I I think that the, the most reliable way, um, I, I'm... Reading, uh, I'm reading a novel um, about medieval times, <laughs> and there's a there's a section where the hero of the novel meets his estranged father and his brothers, and he is describing them, and he describes one of his brothers as looking like looking how he thinks he looks. <laughs> And I thought it was a really weird thing to say. And then I thought, oh, we're talking about medieval Europe. This is a man who's in his 40s at this point, or his his late 30s, and he's probably never seen a reflection of himself in the mirror. Hmm. So he doesn't really know exactly what he looks like. Hmm. And, I, and as I was reading that, I thought, and then I read this question, and I thought, the, the way to guard against hypocrisy is to know what you look like. Mm. And the only way to know what you look like, I'm going back to the fact that we're a church, we're a brotherhood, yeah. we're yeah. a fellowship, we're a community. And sometimes you need somebody else to tell you what you look like. Yeah. And it's, it's really the only way to guard against hypocrisy. Because otherwise you'll just think you look great and you think you're doing fine and you think you've got it all down, but you need somebody else to tell you, Hey buddy, there's some, you know, you got something hanging out of your nose there. (laughs) Uh, you know, you, you you need the community to help you to avoid hypocrisy.
0: Yeah. It's like the, uh, do you remember the naked gun movies or I think there's police squad was the the TV show, Leslie Nielsen, Mm -hmm. uh, there's one episode where there's this like seven foot tall lab tech. You can't even see his face. And so the gag is he's like, Hey, you got something on your face. And you you just do, and then uh, like half a banana falls off onto the table. Right. <laughs> oh, that was on there. Not something small, but something big.
1: That's funny. Yeah. I, I, I think I totally agree with that. Um, and, the other part, I mean, you're talking about, you know, hearing the word of God and a big part of that, you know, as we've been doing these lessons, for instance, or these discussions, you spend all this time thinking about other people (laughs) and what Uh they should do. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, that's a great way to get into hypocritical mindset. Mm. Right. Um, but what I've always had to you know the the challenge and what I've been trying to wrestle with the past six months um, is like okay, let me just sit with this. Mm-hmm. You know, let me just sit with the scripture and allow the word of God to come into my life and wash mm-hmm. over my life. Um, and yeah, I mean, if if my goal, I think if my goal is to be. My goal is to like muscle through and be perfect myself, right? It's gonna be really easy to look for exceptions for me. Mm, because right. it's hard. And it's scary. Yeah. 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 And maybe they don't apply to other people, but uh-huh. you know, for me. Yeah. Right? But
0: <laughs> Yes. That's exactly what we do. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: But yeah, but if, if I if my goal is to just be with God, right? Mm-hmm. I, I am a son of God. And he wants me to be like him and to be with him and to be with him forever. And I just keep on moving towards that. Then um I think that helps me to be able to approach the word of God with a lot more honesty mm-hmm. um and, and confidence that uh, I can, I can come and, and really be cut and convicted and shown to be in the wrong. Mm. Um, and, that that's okay yeah. because that God just wants to continue working on me. Um, but really, you know, you can always wonder, you know, do I have, do I have a blinder? And I feel like that's just, I just got to pray <laughs> and say, I don't want a blinder. If there's a blinder on me, take it off. <laughs> yep. And, and just kind of trust. Cause ultimately I don't know what I don't know. So. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And isn't there a section where Paul's like basically says, well, you know, you have your beliefs and, and you know, I pray that, that God reveals it to you, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there is that.
1: And he says that at one point, he's like, my conscience is clear. He's like, yeah. but even but that, that my that conscience is... is clear, doesn't mean that I'm good. <laughs> right. right. it just, exactly. like God's going to judge. Yeah. And so I, that's, that could be scary. That wouldn't, mm-hmm. that would have been scary to me um, a year ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was scary to me a year ago. It's a little less scary now because mm-hmm. it's like, God's a good judge. Yeah. Um. So,
0: yeah, there is that aspect. I like what you're saying there um where it is tough to come into the light and and um but it it's uh but what I'm also hearing is that we can trust God. That God God loves us when we were sinners. Yeah. He sent Jesus to mm. die for us. How much more now even, right? That he that that we have his holy spirit in us, that he's he's uh accepted us and mm. Put set his love upon us,
2: right? Yeah, I think, you know, I think of what you said earlier, Tim, about find, being with and staying as close to Jesus as possible. And I think about the the scene at the Last Supper when he tells them all, "One of you is going to betray me," and one at a time, they always they go to him and say, "Is, is it me? <laughs> it's surely not I, Lord. Is it? Is it me?" But they all, yeah. They all go to him and say, How come you didn't
0: say anything after I said sure not I?
2: (laughs) They all go to him and say, Is it me? I used to read that and think, boy, these guys are just they're so clueless. What are 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 they just trying to justify themselves? Are they but I think that they were all understanding that there's something in me that could be the betrayer. Mm Wow. I think they all realized that. Hmm. I think that I used to think of it as just kind of they were kind of dumb, but now I think of it more as I think they were probably just really humble hmm. and saying, oh, one of us is a betrayer. It, is it me, Lord? Is it me? and and so and and the way we the the way we act upon that is staying as close to Jesus as we can, yeah, being as transparent. Um, to each other as we can be. being Just being in the fellowship, just yeah. being somebody who volunteers in, in the fellowship with that is it me attitude. Hmm. Uh,
0: you know, something else you said, Van, uh, resonated with me. And it, it reminds me about what we're doing here right now is wrestling with the word in community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important to do. Yeah. And Tim, something you reminded, um, something you said a few episodes ago where you were saying, yeah, you know, sometimes the, the books that I read, the commentaries uh, are, the best ones are from dead people. Mm. And uh, it reminded me of a, a C.S. Lewis quote where he basically says the same thing. You know, it's better to read um, from people in a different context Historically, than you. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. they're, you know, I'm paraphrasing him, but they basically their blind spots are different than your blind spots, and you can Mm -hmm. see theirs and they can see yours. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. And that's true for, um, and that's why the body of Christ is such an amazing place that uh, we can help each other to watch our life and doctrine closely and persevere in them. Amen. This is awesome. Guys, I'm so grateful for this. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Yeah. This is terrific.